0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the legend and voice of all combat sports, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing?
1: Good. Um, I had a nice weekend, you know, with the family. Elaine's birthday was Friday night, so we went out to dinner on Staten Island, and one of the prerequisites obviously it's the same prerequisite as any person going out to a restaurant you pick a restaurant you want good food you want good service you want nice people but for me it's also i go to places on Staten Island where people support my charity foundation where they help us help people you know and and a lot of most of them do like if we're feeding like we did for easter we handed out 1500 amps. Uh, to families that wouldn't have a ability to have a traditional dinner on Easter, and um a lot of the you know restaurants they step up to the plate and we same thing on Thanksgiving, we hand out two thousand turkeys, all the trimmings, then we do hot meals in certain times certain you know parts of the year and certain restaurants, if I call them they answer right away. Yes, Teddy. What do you need? How do you? So that's one of the things going in. The other thing when I go in now, a prerequisite is that the bartenders, at least the bartenders, listen to the podcast. They they have to be subscribed to the podcast. <laughs> so I'm walking, <laughs> so I'm walking past, um, I'm walking past the bar, and I got I get called over one of the bars. Hey, Teddy, how you doing? You here tonight? I said yeah, I'm here for my wife's birthday. And then I, since I'm in front of him, I say, "Do me a favor. Later on, bring out whatever you bring out for, you know, candles on something, the whole thing, so that my grandkids can blow it out. They get all excited. So yeah, of course, we'll take care of it. And um, by the way, you subscribed right away. I, you know, I grabbed them. Right, you subscribed to the podcast. <laughs> you know, and there's a hesitation. I said. You're not? I said, all right, let me get out of here. So he goes, no, no, I'm, no, let me, uh, what is it? So I, you know, I said, you sh- I shouldn't have to tell you. But, <laughs> all right, I go I go through it, right? His partner, because there's two bartenders, there's, the bar's big enough, comes walking over, right? Now, I, listen, I'm always transparent about things. I, it was a good thing, but I tell you, it put me. It's good to be brought down sometimes and put in your place. <laughs> no, no, seriously, it, it's good to not get too out there. Like they can all take for granted. Oh yeah, they because I'm obviously from San They they listen to Teddy, whatever. You know, you would hope so, right? Without being too egotistical in any kind of way. So and you try not to be that, obviously, uh, as a person. So the the other bartender comes over. He goes, yeah. I'm on it. I said, "Ah, oh, of course, thanks." Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. Good thing. Huge fan of Ken's. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's about how quiet it got. <laughs> uh, I was. Oh, you you want? Yeah, I oh, I, I love Ken. I, I love him. I, yeah, great, great podcast. Great. Ah, he, he he he's doing great with the running with the marathons i ah just tremendous tremendous i said all right that's all right where's my table <laughs> um it's it's in, all right let me get aside brought quieted things down for me a little listen all kidding aside it was it was fun it was great. I got him on the phone with you. He was so happy to talk to you. You were on the way to a baseball game with your kids. yeah um, your kids were playing actually competing, I believe <clears throat> and you went did they win? Did your son win that game? Yeah, they won. Oh,
0: good. he's been doing really good. good. but you know what I was thinking about that? Well, first of all, you were on the speaker, so um when you called. And the guy got on the phone and was like, "Hey, Ken, big fan." Blah blah blah. My kids were like, "Dad, that was that was really nice for Teddy to call you and let that guy speak to you." You know, they were kind of like, "I don't know why he would want to speak to you," but he said, "That's really nice that Teddy called you and made the guy get on the phone." And I think that sometimes people, when they see like a two man team like this, where one guy is obviously famous and has tremendous credibility, it, it, it's it's kind of like if two really attractive girls go into the bar. Some guys are gonna be like, I'm not even gonna go after the most attractive one. I'm, I'm not sure, fr- this, is be- I'm not
1: I'm sure gonna, this is the best. I'm not sure this is the be best. I'm gonna befriend the
0: less attractive yeah. one, and it's like I'm more approachable than for them to think they're gonna be uh, uh, have have a have contact with Teddy. Whereas I'm available to the people and accessible, so they're like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of Ken because Teddy is like kind of boxing hall of famer. How am I ever gonna to talk to him? But anybody can talk to Ken, so I think that it becomes like no. more relatable um you're, and you're, you're more intimidating
1: your star <laughs> your star <laughs> is maybe a little more demanding uh, your star <laughs> is growing by the moment um well if and, it wasn't for you no one would
0: even know me it's
1: great and um as far as going into a bar two attractive women we we'll leaving <laughs> it at, we're, we're trying to forget about that one <laughs> Um,
0: some guys are gonna be like nah I'm not gonna try for the I'm not gonna go for the attractive girl I'm gonna go for the less attractive girl because that seems more realistic I could be friends with her the other one ain't gonna talk to me so yeah. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I, how about the if they're both how about one? if
1: they're both how about if neither one is you know is exactly um,
0: <laughs> well how about uh, this here's a better analogy there's two guys and they're about to get in a fight with my friends. I'm going to punch the less the one that I think I can beat. I'm not going to go after the tough one. I'm going to attack the less of the two. How's that? That's a better analogy. <laughs> well, Get the runner. Don't go near Teddy. He's going to p- hit you with a combo. Speaking of getting hit with a combo, I don't know about a combo, but Joe Joyce got hit with a few punches this weekend. My God, I didn't see that coming, Teddy.
1: Yeah, you know what? I didn't see it coming in this particular night. Um, to obviously, but he looked like one guy is 38, one's 39. Zhang is 39 years old. And Joyce is 38 years old. No spring chickens, either one of them. And Zhang's been a pro Already for nine years. I Actually, this-
0: Teddy hang on before before we get into it, let me just give you a little setup and then we'll just jump right into it um, Zhang two-time Olympic uh, Boxer you've called a lot of his fights. I saw the clip you put up on Twitter where you know You you pointed this out you've been pointing this out for years But you know a lot of times these fighters get to like 15 16 20 and 0 But but who have they fought? And in some cases, in Zhang's case, he clearly fought someone. And and I'm not trying to be funny. They might as well have grabbed the guy out of the audience. He took a shot to the gloves and a shot to the shoulder and just went down like he got hit with a sniper rifle from the stands. Uh, Knockout for Zhang. And like you've always pointed out, it's not really a way to test the guy to see where he's really at, good or bad. But in Zhang's case, maybe he's just been being fed cannon fodder because against Joe Joyce, he looked like a world beater. His he, Joe Joyce had no answer for a straight left down the middle. He, I, It felt like Zhang could hit him with it whenever he wanted. He could have hit him in between rounds with it. I mean, Joyce's eye was swollen shut. He looked like he, went, he, he got assaulted by 20 people. I didn't see this coming. I thought Joe Joyce was on a fast track to challenge for a title. After that fight... I mean, I, Joe Joyce looked like a different fighter to me, and I'm curious to hear from your perspective. Is it Was it just because he fought a southpaw? By the way, he's been in training camp for at least eight weeks. He knows he's fighting a big 285-pound heavyweight with a straight left. It was like right down the middle. Here it comes. He might as well have been had a freaking siren and flashing lights on it when it was coming down the middle. But, um, yeah, I think everyone was shocked. I think Zhang was maybe like a 10, 12 to 1 underdog. And, uh, my God, he beat the brakes off of Joyce for the entire fight. Um, what do you think, and where do you think Joyce goes from here, and what do you think is next for Zhang?
1: Well, first off, um, I didn't call a lot of Zhang fights. I, I called his first pro fight on ESPN, four-round. I think it was a four-round. It didn't matter. It wasn't going past 17 seconds because the guy was a professional diver from the Olympics, and he happened to show up um, – with a bathing suit on, and uh, in a boxing ring, and he got like a like a nine 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 score for his dive against Zhang. If you haven't seen the clip, go look at it. That Ken was alluding to that I put up there of his first fight. Um, it did look like a dive. I mean, he he could have that opponent could have. Oh, I think his name was Tate. Could have opened up a school for professional floppers. You know, you want to learn how to do a flop, uh, go to his school. He'll teach you how to do a flop. Um, but at the end of the day, Joyce, I caught his Olympic fights. And uh, he's, Zhang I'm talking about, Zhang stayed has been pro nine years which is extraordinary he finally gets a big fight well he had one before this he lost the decision i thought he won actually he lost the decision before this but this is a big fight he he gets the win he's been pro nine years he didn't turn pro to his 30 uh partly because he comes from communist china and also because he went into two olympics being that he came from communist china they don't have professional boxing they started having it Those they started doing some shows over there uh got involved with one of their gold medalists for one of the olympics they started doing some shows but a lot of the communist countries back in the day the soviet union uh amongst them cuba still to this day they their fighters Quite often, it's nothing unusual for them to fight two Olympics. Uh, You know, into their late 20s, even their 30s, they're still fighting amateur because they don't have professional boxing over in their countries. Uh, They have to escape like Cuba. They would escape. They come over here uh, to win world titles, to fight for world titles, to have the opportunity to come to this great, 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 great country and get that opportunity. So... Zhang didn't turn pro to his he 30. He's 39 now. Man, again, long, long time uh, before you fight the big fight in your career. Joyce is 38 years old. Also fought in the Olympics. Uh, silver medalist. Both of them were silver medalists, actually. Zhang fought in two Olympics. Uh, one of them, he got knocked out in the finals. He won the silver medal. Joyce also won a silver medal in his separate Olympics at a different time. Joyce, to me, he, he was always what he is. You know, he's as slow as an ice wagon going uphill. You know,
0: he... <laughs> he, he an ice wagon, that's a good
1: one. <laughs> You know, he's a ponderous guy, and he's a good puncher, tough as nails, good chin, you know, gets insulted if you miss him for the most part, and he was beating guys, you know, they were picking it right, but he beat some, I mean, he beat a good fighter in Joe Parker, you know, and a good boxer, good fighter, experienced guy. I'm gonna go out there on the limb and tell you something that nobody touched on, and everyone has a different sort of chronological time clock as to when they get old. I always talk about fighters get old in a different, you got to judge them chronologically in a different way, where they get old partly because of how many punches they've got hit with, not just only chronologically, not only by the, you know, the number, you know, the year that they were born and the number that's, you know, that now registers as their birthday, uh, birth. you know, as as their birthday. I think he got old. Now, listen, he's just, again, he's that slow guy. He He's easy to hit. He, he's a good puncher. He was always relentless. He wasn't that relentless. He was even slower than usual. I just felt, I'm taking nothing away from Zhang. I just felt that, listen, I know the other guy's a year older. So what? Everybody has a different time clock. I look at George Foreman. There's a movie coming out about him, uh, the great man. You know, because he didn't get old. He didn't get old like other people get old. He won a world title when he was 45. Uh, you know, uh, Archie Moore, the great old mongoose. You know, uh, uh, some of these fighters, take Jersey Joe Walcott, uh, Ezra Charles. Some of them just did it later in their careers. They were different genetically. They were they were made up differently, but. Joyce, for all the things that are still consistently the same as far as his style his abilities you know uh his his lackings his strengths he looked like he got old and he also looked like you touched on it i i tweeted it there like, he never, he had no clue how to deal with the Southpaw. Like, no clue, no preparation. He looked at, uh, as, un, I don't want to pick on the British heavyweights, but he looked as unprepared as his compatriot uh, Dillian White did when he fought, Tyson Fury. You're fighting a certain style. You got to be ready for that style. It's up to you and your people to get you ready. That's your responsibility, their responsibility. Get you ready for that style. Fury has a certain style. Big son of a gun, fights on the outside. He could come get you too, but he fights on the outside. He looks to set you up with the jab, to hit you with the right hand or the uppercut. Dean White had no clue. Clue, it was a disgrace. I know that's a powerful word. It was a, It was really, really an embarrassment how unprepared, and it was clear to even, to, to everyone, to, I don't care. If you've never watched a fight, you go in there and say, well, this guy seemed like he had no idea of how to deal with this guy and what he was gonna do. And that's what Joyce looked like. He had no clue that he was fighting a lefty. No idea. Dave, how to deal with, as you said, with that left hand coming at him all night long, you know, just eating them, eating them, eating them, you know, finally closing his eye. So. Which is how the fight got stopped. Who knows if it kept going on? But the way it was going, it didn't look like it was going to change. But with a guy who's a big guy and a puncher, you you never know because that's how Joyce usually gets his wins. Yeah, but as, much as, J- as much, much as as much as down,
0: as much as Joe Joyce may have been able to end it with that eraser, there was only so he took those shots so well. But at some point, something's got to give. It, and I no,
1: well it I, was, but that's what I'm saying. It, it was given his, and not yeah. just his eye, but. Listen, I'm saying that there was two things. One, the, he was completely unprepared. Now, on the other side of the coin, there's always two sides to the coin. Zhang was prepared. You know, he's not going to make you forget about, you know, Joe Lewis or Muhammad Ali Zhang. Let's not <laughs> get crazy here. But he was the guy was prepared. They did their homework. They were professionals. You know, he knew that the Southport killer is the right hand. And that's what Joyce has. And Joyce was gonna try to land it. He knew he was able to avoid that, you know, not in a scintillating way, but in an efficient enough way where he wasn't getting hit with it. Again, he wasn't gonna make you think that he was a larger version of Floyd Mayweather or or, or Sweet P. Whitaker, but he was He was doing what he needed to do against a slow-handed, slow-footed guy. And on top of it, he might have got a little help by Father Time. He might have. And so, all the credit to Zhang, prepared, knew how to get away from the right hand, the one thing that could deter him from a win, um, derail him from a win. And he, he did it, you know, he did an efficient job. You know, and I give him credit for that. I don't give credit though to some of these commentators who insult they're not insulting my intelligence, but they're because I think I know what I'm I'm watching already. But I think on the whole they think they're insulting or they just take for granted that they could tell the fans anything they want and they're gonna go along with it because they feel it's their job to do that to, you know, make their paycheck and to, you know, to pretty up, so to speak, their product and, and put out their things that are not necessarily accurate, you know, to build it up a little bit, you know, again, for their paycheck. I I just, I just, I, I shake my head like, what are the fans going to say? Wait a minute. We, we know a little bit better than that. Like one of them said it was an extraordinary fight. Um, uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't an extraordinary fight. Uh, it was a sensational fight. Extraordinary fight. Whatever whatever terminology you use. Term you use. And then, then an, another one used. I don't know if it was the same one. But another one said that. I'm trying to remember the exact term. But. That Zhang Zhang was uh, a, looked like a really was a really slick boxer. I'm trying to remember exactly. I thought I wrote down exactly what the term was, but basically, it came out to Zhang is really a slick top slick boxer. Uh, really, I mean, uh, no. I, I, again, everything I just laid out is how it transpired and why it transpired that way. Uh, he was, you know, yeah, he was prepared. Yeah, he was able to avoid uh, the the right hands he needed to from a guy who kind of yelled from across the ring that they were coming before they came. <laughs> uh, 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 all right, but please, again, just don't... <sighs> don't just take for granted that you can put anything out there and the fans are just going to go along with it, that you're going to tell the fans that they just watched, you know, the second coming of Gene Tunney. You you know what I mean? Uh, Most of the fans, if you don't know him, Google him. A lot of you are real fight fans, historians, you know him. He, He was back in the 20s and 30s, and he was a lot smaller, but, you know, he was a guy that knew how not to get hit. You know, like when he fought the great Jack Dempsey, he got dropped, he got up, didn't get hit no more, wound up winning the fight. And then in the rematch, didn't get hit at all and, you know, was able to beat the great Jack Dempsey who, Dempsey who, if he hits you, you know, he could get rid of you. He had a great left hook. So, the Manazamala. But just frustrating to to continue to have these guys tell you things that ain't happening. That just ain't happening. Didn't happen. I don't know, but anyway, I try to speak for the fans, uh, and that's part of it. Uh, like I said, the the real difference was those two things. Zhang had a plan, Joyce had none, and um, Zhang at least, you know, showed some defense. That that separated them, and that did separate them. Zhang showed both of them were going to go. Looking for offense. But Zhang showed some defensive capabilities where Joyce showed none. None. And and then another one of the announcers said, Well, you can only win so long with just a good chin. Um he wasn't winning with just a good shin. It wasn't like he was going in the ring he being Joyce and saying Hit me on this chin until your freaking knuckles break, and then you're going to quit, and I'm going to win, okay? So I'm going to go in there and win with a good shin, okay? You just keep hitting my chin until your hands break, and when your hands break, my I (laughs) I will be the winner. No, no. He was winning. Yeah, he was tough. Yeah, he was a relentless guy. He kept after you. He was winning with pressure being more relentless than he was the other night. And he was winning with power. Yeah, toughness, yes. That was a component of it. But he was winning with power that he that he wound up knocking you out. You know, you might be winning early and he would get to you late because of his pressure and his power. Not just, you know, like, like it's almost like they're saying something that, you know, like that, Commercial E.F. Hutton, where they used to get quite. when E.F. Hutton talks, everybody listens, and then <laughs> you know, they uh, no, not it, it, they're not saying something quite, quite that you know, that awakening or uh, enlightening. Uh, I, I don't know, but anyway, um. I One of the things digress. that they're
0: talking about I'm seeing on, uh, on Twitter is uh, potential for Zhang to be matched up with deontay wilder next as a possible uh next fight what do you think happens there do you think uh, wilder has more he of a gets knocked than- out
1: by wilder he gets knocked out i think he gets knocked out i mean i don't think he's a huge puncher saying i think he could get your attention he, he hurt joyce again i don't know joyce has been getting hit a lot maybe it finally got to that point his saturation point everyone has a saturation point where his chin couldn't take it no more but um I think Wada look Wada has seen southpaw's the southpaw style can be a problem um but Wada's fought in the Olympics he's been around he's he's obvious he's seen southpaws um right hands can find the southpaw Wada has his powerful right hand as not only in boxing today but one of the most powerful right hands probably in the history of the heavyweight division quite frankly i mean that's how powerful his right hand has been so um i would I, I would pick wilder you know he's been on that stage he's been in with with the better caliber of fighters than zhang has i, I i'd pick him i'd pick him to win by knockout but look zhang this is a funny thing to say about a 39 year old guy but he's a work in progress they waited nine years to get him a big fight as a pro, that's extraordinary. Maybe they know what they're doing. I guess that. Again, I'm not knocking them. I'm, I'm only telling what Teddy Atlas tells the truth that I believe it to be. Doesn't mean I'm right, but I believe it to be, and and not, not in any way, touched or controlled or compromised by anything else. I. I don't think he was good enough. They didn't know, think he was good enough to step him up. Usually in the pros, by five years, you know where you're going. You're, you've, you've been to the dance, you know, you, and you either danced or you didn't dance, but you've been there. And, and the guys that had 300 amateur fights, the real special guys from the Olympics and all that, they, they do it in three years, three years, four years. But Pleasure five when and he
0: does it in like three months.
1: Well, yeah, special guy, of course. Uh, but five years usually is about the uh, about the shelf life of that. About the longest you are going to go. And this was nine, so I think that really they they knew his that he wasn't good enough. Again, that's okay to say that because now he is good enough. They waited till they thought he was good enough, till the coast was clear to put him in a, with the right guy at the right time when he had his best chance. That's what you're supposed to do anyway. And they, they did it. Maybe there was other things going on too. He's from China. He's got other things going on. Can you imagine the money this guy can make now coming from China with, with the amount of people over there and with the amount of economic power and might that they have over there can you imagine the possibilities of what this guy what they could pay to bring somebody over to fight him a fighter uh, can, can you imagine and and listen i'm about to say a joke please ken it's a joke all right usually <laughs> you usually you don't usually you don't preempt your jokes right <laughs> nobody does that but, but in today's environment and everything, uh, maybe I should preempt this joke. Sam's looking; he's he's a little nervous. He worries about <laughs> me. You know, he wants to see what I'm about to say. Uh, he cares about me. But uh, can you imagine? I mean, it's and and his the money his manager, the money that the manager Zhang's manager, Joe Biden will make. Can you can you imagine the 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 money that. The, Oh, did I say that? Can you imagine the money that Zhang's that quiet manager, side manager, um, what, do you, what do you call the, you know, the, the Advisor? The, the, yeah, manager, advisor.
0: Consultant. Uh, the,
1: the, the, the consultant, the Bidens will make. They'll make good money on this.
0: <laughs> imagine if they could take him to the Ukraine. <laughs> they make
1: good money on this. Listen, obviously I'm joking. <laughs> some of them are laughing, some ain't laughing. But look, at the end of the day, really, he can change the landscape of boxing. Kind of the way that they did in Saudi Arabia, you know, where, over, where they've been bringing the golfers over there and, and paying the kind of money to create their own golf tour over there. Uh, they're yeah. paying guys $200 million and stuff because obviously oil, there's a lot of money in that oil. But th- th- I'm looking at it the same way that this guy Zhang, the monies that can be really brought out and, and, and derived from him being, you know, from China, uh, it's incalculable. Uh, it could open up a whole a whole new world of possibilities economically for for fighters, especially for heavyweights at this particular moment. Um, It it really, it could. But I also think that there's always, always a silver lining in every dark cloud. And here's the silver lining for my guy, Joyce, the possible. If he can somehow, listen, if the horse is out of the barn, the ship has sailed, then forget it. If he's just like I said, just got too old, then forget it, it's over. But if he can rejuvenate himself somehow, and maybe there's another excuse for his performance that we don't know about. And he's not you know, because he's thirty-eight, he looked like he was going on eighty-eight. <laughs> but if that's but if that's not, if that can be changed somehow, Ken, the silver lining for Joyce can be that fighters over there, especially the British fighters over there, that were not inclined to go anywhere near him because of his power, because of his relentlessness, his chin, whatever you want to call it, his toughness, his durability, that wouldn't go near him, now suddenly they might be, you know, a little inclined to fight him. One of them in particular, some guy named Josh, 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 Joshua. Oh, that's their name, Joshua. I'm trying to remember the name. A guy named Joshua. Maybe a a guy who's very rich and a guy who has all the options in the world that a guy like Joy Stone have, maybe Joshua, who don't, you know, he can fight anyone, and they're going to put people in the arena, Fury too, those great British fans. But maybe now all of a sudden, he's not as worried or concerned about fighting Joshua, and he fights him. I don't know that he will that there's the incentive enough um as far as the motivation money wise as far as it being a big enough fight now. Well you know, something some now, now now it's no I just want to finish the door Now it's not as big a fight. So maybe 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 that incentive's not there. But these are the same British fans that they bought they 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 bought they and White in his comeback fight. They all came out in the Sold out whatever place that was after he got destroyed, trashed by by Fury, and it's the same fans that you know came out after Joshua, you know, was beaten twice in a row, right? And Joshua was knocked out uh obviously by by um the guy what's his name? No, he got he lost oh, Ruiz. twice. To lose it. Yeah, Ruiz, the guy that was eating too many Snickers bars. He got <laughs> never get a guy that's inclined to putting on weight a promotional deal with Snickers bars. Ken, if you ever get into boxing management, write that down. Remember that. That's a tip from Teddy Atlas. <laughs> do not do that. Um, listen, the fans have been really brilliantly loyal over there again look at that this fight the fans that packed the stadium that packed the place over there it's 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 great it's tremendous you know i i applaud them they come out for their fighters they come out the british do for their heavyweights well, um can i give you again, can i ma- give you
0: an example though of of what could be in store for joe joyce even if even if we've seen the best of him Look at the freaking career that Derek Chisora has had by being that But that's
1: what I'm talking by being about. That the top of the, yeah, that's
0: what I know I'm agreeing and, with you, and but the I'm other saying example, give you an example I was gonna,
1: the other example I was going to use was that they come out Tyson Fury had, had beaten Chisora who's 40 years old had beaten him twice already and the fans fill out I forget how many tens of thousands of people came but they fill the stadium to see Chisora Fury 3. After he beat him twice. And after Chisora's, like he was over 40 years old. So yeah. what I'm saying is that maybe the silver lining over there, across the pond, with these special fans, maybe now there can still be enough interest if he gets one or two wins. And Joshua... Who was never really, let's be honest, he was never gonna get anywhere near Wilder or or Joyce because of the danger. And he don't need to, because he can make money elsewhere with less danger. But maybe now he like I said, maybe his mind could be changed to say, Hey, the as bad as Joyce looks, maybe I'll make that fight. So and again, the fans would back
0: it. If you were working with Joyce uh next month and they said hey we got 10, 10 weeks to train for pick a fighter fury or wilder what's the first thing you start with where does he have to start getting better
1: i have to see him in the gym i have to see if the guy's shot or not see i i don't just take guys but let's just assume he's not because,
0: let's assume he's not and you're just looking at the performance from saturday what, what does he like for me i was like damn dude move your head like at least try and get well, out I of the gotta, way of those shots what I do I you gotta, think
1: first of all if you're going to fight a Pole you got to you got to work a concentrated training camp and, and classroom on how to fight southpaws. So that, that would be number one, move to your left, away from the power punch, you know, keep your left foot outside, the right foot, the lead foot of the southpaw, move away from his power hand, the back hand, the left hand, move to the left more, you know, uh, use your jab more, get an angle by moving that way, where you could use your jab to distract Zang, where he's not controlling you with jab, where he's not controlling the range all the time, you know, looking to set up his power punch, the left hand, you, you know. Uh, uh, tighten up, you know your delivery system where you know y- you're not yelling from the north and south pole that punches are coming. Oh, <laughs> here it comes. Okay, <laughs> you you know cut cut out some of the the time period of the delivery of the punches where there's ways to do that by showing proper technique, um, and and proper drills. Uh, obviously, work on the footwork where. You know, <laughs> you you control range better. I, I'm not saying you're going to make them, as I said earlier, a, a large version of Mayweather, but uh, at least, at least, make them a little harder to find them. You know, step out of range every once in a while, step to the side every once in a while. Don't always be right in front of the guy where he's such an inviting target. I mean, it's a million things. I'm a teacher, so I'm going to teach. I mean, a guy like that to me would be like having a having a. Empty chalkboard. I'd be like, "Whoa! I, I could I could write a lot of stuff on this chalkboard. Hey, there's nothing up here. <laughs> I just I might need more chalk. I might run. I might run out of chalk. You know. I mean, and I'm not bragging. I'm. A, I wouldn't have been a trainer for 40 years if if I didn't know how to teach. uh And fortunate enough to do pretty good. So. Yeah, trainers are supposed to be teachers, not just guys that say "Go get them." Do ten rounds over there, do five there, and I'll see you in a little while at the coffee shop. No, you're supposed to teach, and there's not a lot of teachers nowadays. There's, there's not so uh, in the business, quite frankly. But um, uh, and as as far as uh picking an opponent, you know, I mean at this. point, at this point, look, if you, if you had your druthers, you'd like to have a chance to teach the guy, see if he's still got anything left in the tank, so to speak, that he's not shot for the time, didn't completely eviscerate the guy, right? And if that's the case, have time in the gym, right, in your classroom, what I call the classroom, and... Improve the guy in ways he's never been improved. See if he can. See if he's coachable. See if he's a sponge. See if he learns. See if he picks up. Uh, uh, 20%, 10%, 30%, 40% better. Anything. Anything. And and then, again, if I had my druthers, I would say give me one practice fight, one so-called tune-up fight, you know, to, to, you know, to, to take the car on the road and test it out. And then, and then give me anybody. Give me anybody because that's where you are. That's where you are. You're at that place, right? So give me anybody. That's yeah, my approach. I,
0: I like it. Well, um, that's pretty thorough breakdown on the box. And before we jump into the UFC, just want to give everyone a quick reminder that if you're not taking athletic greens every single day, you're leaving money on the table this is like Athletic Greens I considered an insurance policy for my health and immunity. I take this stuff every single day, one scoop in the morning, mixed with water. It couldn't be easier. It's your all-in-one daily multivitamin. And a couple people recently, Teddy said, said to me, oh, that's a little bit pricey. I think it's like 90 bucks a month or something. Well, I would argue that it's cheaper than a cup of coffee from Starbucks and you're getting a hell of a lot more than a caffeine boost that's gonna like it lead to a caffeine crash later in the day. So if you're not taking Athletic Greens, you're making a mistake, Take Athletic Greens, go to athleticgreens.com slash Atlas, and they'll send you 10 of these free travel packs with your first purchase. These things are invaluable if you ever travel. Whether it's a vacation or a work trip, I take these things every day. I make sure especially to take them on travel days when you're when your uh, immune system could be compromised with all the travel, the change of sleeping venues, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Go to athleticgreens.com/slash atlas, 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Teddy, let's talk UFC. How'd you like that card? Pretty good no, it for was a free good. one, right?
1: No, it was terrific. And the main event, the main one was our guy. You know, I love Max Holloway. I love him. Look, he's come on our show. I love him because, of obviously, the, what he does in the cage. But what he does outside the cage, he's just a good human being. I mean, cares about other people, lives his life the right way. Just nothing but class. And the guy he fought was class, too, yeah. all, all the way through. And 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 that's another thing about the UFC. You're only, I mean, they're only fighting other top guys. I mean, here here he comes back from a really difficult loss right that was his first fight since the loss to Volkanowski, right that's right uh, for H- holloway and and a really tough 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 fight against the great Volkanowski. and then the great holloway Holloway's great but that particular night boy you uh, was greater and he he comes back from that and what do they give him? they give him a soft touch right wrong <laughs> 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 and not in the u f c not in the u f c they they <laughs> they give him another you know monster if you will just to just to use a term to get to the point real fast monster and and he he fought brilliantly but we'll you know i guess we'll go on the we'll go by the the schedule we'll go yeah. with the first couple of fights first there was Three fights that we're going to cover from the card yeah. but um yeah it was great
0: yeah we'll start out with Asimov Mirzakhanov beats Dustin Jacoby in a unanimous decision um all three judges had it the same 29-28 for Mirzakhanov um man those Russian guys they always bring the heat just unrelenting pressure how'd you like that one
1: yeah I liked it I mean because I saw a guy get tested I saw a guy almost get exposed I saw An undefeated, uh, again, you're not just being, you know, you're not just like me taking my grandkids to the candy store. Every once in a while, you force them to eat spinach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Dana White believes in eating spinach. Here you got an undefeated guy, and what do they do? They say, okay, put him in with this monster. And the undefeated, explosive musculature, uh, how do you pronounce it? Murzakhanov? M- Murza-Khanov. Murza-Khanov. Oh, yeah. Murza- Murzakhanov. Yeah, Murza-Khanov, he got tested in this one. He won the first two rounds easy, pretty much, uh, and he did it by using three things uh, st- and striking because that's why it was so fun to watch. It was a striking match for the most part. Uh, number one, he had quick and explosive hands. Number two, power from the southpaw stance. And number three, quick feet. A little bit like Pacquiao. You know, everyone knew about his quick hands, but his quick feet used to get him in, you know, to deliver those hands. That's one of the things that made him so effective and so, you know, so damn explosive where he could explode the punches on you, actually deliver them to you. Um, those quick feet of Mer- 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 uh, Mercer... Karnoff. Mercer... Mercer Yeah, Mercer Karnoff, Those quick feats, they allowed him to close the gaps in the distance very fast, very unexpectedly. Uh, But his lack of experience caught up to him. Not just lack of experience, but again, the great matchmaking of Dana White's company uh, over there uh, at the UFC that they put him in with a guy that was going to test him and test him in those areas. And sure enough, in the third round, As the steady pressure of Jacoby wore him down, it started to expose his lack of experience a little bit. And Muzikanov, he survived. I think it's fair to say he did more to survive the third round than to win it, obviously. He lost the third round and he survived it with a little help from his friend, wasn't supposed to be his friend, Jacoby. And I'll tell you what I mean. Jacoby was terrific um, and was trying to get the knockout, which is what he pretty much needed, being behind and losing the first two rounds. But Muskanov was able to kill the clock. Ken, you know, if you're fighting, if you're in a football game and you want to beat Brady, how do you beat him? You keep him on the bench. That's one way. That's one way. You you want to beat Michael Jordan in basketball. You try to keep the ball out of his hands. That's another, you know, stuff like that. And that's kind of what Muzkhanov was able to do in that third round that he had to basically just get through and not get, you know, knocked out or submitted. Where when Muzkhanov took him to the floor, got close to him and tied him up. A lot of the clock Mus- Muskanov was able when Jacoby got him to the floor and, and got him tied up Muskanov was able to kill some of the time. A lot of the clock. And that was a good thing for him at that point. Bad thing for Jacoby because Jacoby was fighting the clock. He, he needed the knockout, submission, whatever. He needed to end the fight in the third round. And he wasn't able. I thought, what I mean by a little help from Jacoby, I thought he made a mistake not just sticking to the striking. I, I think in the spots, and, I, and those great commentators, DC and Bisbang and they're just so good. They, they, they just jump right on it because they highlight it right away. Because when he's, when Jacoby is, two things that hurt him. When he's going for takedowns, one, he's expending a lot of energy for those takedowns. And so he's draining his tank. He needs a full tank to get the knockout. He doesn't need to be draining his tank. He needs that petrol. He needs that fuel, you know, to, to make sure that he gets the finish. So that's one thing. And the other thing is the clock. He, he's allowing Mus- Muskanov, to kill the clock, you know, to keep Brady on the sidelines, so to speak. So I think it was a combination of those things. Jacoby making a little mistake should have stayed to the striking because that's what he needed. He, he needed to keep himself free where he could possibly get a knockout, get a finish, because he wasn't going to win any other way. Um, at the end of the day, it was, uh, it was a great te- test for uh, a very talented uh, Musa Kanoff and a, a guy who can be very exciting uh, it was a great test for him uh, a big win and I think it's gonna improve Musa being that he first time he really went to the deep waters so to speak to you know to be tested I think at the end of the day it's gonna improve him mentally physically as a fighter
0: yeah, that's a uh, that's a very thorough analysis there. Uh, next up uh, in the co-main or the last uh, featured of the night before the main, we had um, <clears throat> we had Edson Barboza resurrects his career, coming off back-to-back losses, and gets the first-round stoppage on Billy Quarantillo. Kind of shocking. I didn't see what the line was on this one, but I certainly didn't expect this ending with the way um, Barbosa's looked and the trajectory Quarantillo's on. Let me just look and see what Quarantillo's uh, previous two or three fights were before this one. Yeah, he's coming off a win uh, against Hernandez, but he did have a loss before. So he's been alternating loss-win, loss-win. Now he comes back with another loss, Quarantillo. Um, yeah, tough stoppage for him. Tough loss there, uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu fighter. I think he fights out of New York, right? Uh, no, Tampa. Tampa. Out of Tampa, and he gets stopped in the first round by Barboza. Great win for Barboza. How'd you like that one?
1: I I was so impressed. I just thought it was a brilliant strategy. I love strategy. As again, going back to the Joyce fight against Zhang. Joyce had no strategy. Zhang had strategy. Zhang won. You're supposed to have strategy. Yeah, you're supposed to be in shape. Yeah, you're supposed to have skill sets. Yeah, you're supposed to have those skill sets developed with the best technique possible by a teacher, a trainer who's with you. But you got to have strategy with that trainer too. You got to have an idea of how you're going to go about your business. How you're going to go about winning this, this war, you know, winning this fight. And I just thought it was brilliant strategy by Barbosa, simple and effective. He knew Quamantillo would come in and close the distance. You know, in other words, he did his homework. He knew his opponent, unlike Dillian White, that fought fury and fought him like he didn't understand he was going to throw an uppercut when he came in uh, as a shorter man leaning forward and get hit with an uppercut. I mean, uh, he understood what he was dealing with. You're supposed to know what you're dealing with. And a lot of these guys don't. Shame on them. Shame on their trainers. I, I can't get I don't get it. I don't get it. It frustrates me. I'm sorry. But not this time, Barbosa knew exactly what he was dealing with in his opponent. He did his film work, did, did everything. And what did he do? He knew Quantillo would come in. he timed him coming in. It was a little reminiscent of when our guy who we love. Masvidal time Ben Askren coming in with the knee uh, a little reminiscent to that you know he he knew that Ben Askren was going to lean so he set him up well Barbosa knew that he was getting Quarantino to come in reach a little bit right um maybe lean a little bit he was prepared beautifully executed uh in my sport in boxing, we use uppercuts to catch guys coming in. As I just said a minute ago, like Fury did against Day and White. But in the MMA, they use knees. Different methods, same results. Uh, you know, knockout. So that's it for me on that one. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's all you need to know, Really. Yeah, that's it. it.
0: That's it. Uh, Main event, like we said earlier, our friend of the show, Max Holloway, friend to everyone. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Max Holloway. Yeah, gets uh gets the win over Arnold Allen, a surging Arnold Allen who comes who came into the fight at nineteen and one, hasn't lost hadn't lost in nine years. He lost a decision back in the day, but looked to be a world beater. And uh, that has to be
1: a record, Ken. Is that a record? Because I think I I remember one of the commentators alluding to that it might have been a record in the ufc for most wins tied broke a record whatever that Allen uh, longest period of um most wins in a row consecutive or something it's up there maybe for that weight class but i mean since
0: he joined the ufc at one two sorry one two three four five six seven eight nine ten he was on an 11 fight win streak all in the ufc uh Hmm. came from uh, cage warriors over in the uk but uh, I was looking at Max Holloway's record before we started, Teddy, and uh, I just got to read you these stats to make sure that I get it right. Listen to how many freaking title fights Holloway had in a row. You ready for this? One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, As five, six, seven, eight. As my son six, Teddy would
1: seven, say eight. in the NFL, he's a beast.
0: Teddy, eight eight. title fights in a row from December of 16 until June of 2020. So for four and a half years, three and a half years, all he did was have title fights. Unfortunately, he lost the interim title to Dustin Poirier. Then he dropped two in a row to Volkanovski. Obviously, those were razor close to get the back-to-back rematch. And then he lost to Volk again in a one-sided fight in July of 2020. Hey, listen, let me tell you
1: real quick so I don't forget. I love Volkanovski. I love Holloway i thought holloway won one of those volkanovski fights yeah, that's true so, a lot uh, of people did which I, I, is why he got an immediate uh, 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 rematch not uh, obviously the third one it was it was i just think one it was the traffic. second
0: one teddy and uh he got he got the split decision win in the second the first one was very close a lot of people thought uh max won the second one went to volkanovski which is why they again thought, had a third so. fight uh, in between the second and third, he beat that crap out of Calvin Cater. and then he beat Yair Rodriguez, who looks to be a world beater at the moment. So Max Holloway's that guy. Like, if you want to get a title, you have to be able to beat Max Holloway because that's after that, <laughs> this Volkanovski, and who's just—I mean, I, I think Volkanovski win, beats Islam if they fight again, given the confidence he got out of at one at the fight at 155. So. Volkanovsky well, for I don't me, think Pons Islam Ponsies could make that. Man. I
1: don't think Islam could make that weight. First of all, so weight does become an issue in the fight business. You know. Oh, for I sure. Mean,
0: Islam. And I'm talking Islam at his own weight. When Volk went up and ch- challenged him in the fight, that you know Islam looked like Islam was going to be a one sided. And to Islam's credit, he went to the down to Australia to fight him. But uh, that fight was closer than a lot of people expected. But, uh, yeah, back to Max Holloway, man. You just know what you're getting with Max Holloway. Not the type of guy who spends a lot of time sparring, but when he gets in the ring, he just knows how to bring it. The guy just knows how to fight. Super nice guy, doesn't get emotional, just handles business. Like, if anyone was ever represented like, a working-class fighter, it's Max Holloway. All business and always treats everyone with kindness. How'd you like the fight? No, it was
1: great. It was what you won at the top level. Great fight. Great skills, great preparation by both guys, you know, will and skill, will and skill. Uh, You know, it had everything. Uh, It had a very, very good fight, great finish, beautiful first round by Holloway, very important to get started right, coming off that loss, you know, obviously to Volkanovski, very tough, tough, tough loss, Uh, beautiful way to get it started moving side to side, in and out, picking spots, mixing it up. Right away, 1-0 Holloway. Uh, second round was better by Allen as he started closing the gap, which he knew he had to do a bit. But Holloway automatically also upped his countering game. You know, he's a great counter puncher and um, tremendous. He He's so well-rounded. So, so's Allen. So's Allen. But he's so well-rounded, this, this Holloway. Uh, close second round uh, I, I gave it to Holloway but I, I'm not going to argue if you, you, know, you want to go the other way with it uh, there was some close rounds in this fight but Holloway I, I had Holloway up 2 nothing in the third round Holiday continued and I tweeted this and it made it, it made the TV again alright uh, <laughs> I, 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 me and my team I got the best team in the world and I'm just I'm happy for them that I I don't know I, they probably don't care but I'm I'm just happy for them like hey guys you you made you made the board you made the TV it's cool you know it's just a cool thing but um in the third round Holloway continued to use the space in the octagon to box well and he uses his experience uh to close out rounds I I noticed that Experience matters. I always say that, and Holloway uses experience to close rounds. Where if it was a close round, and you weren't sure, you know, you're having trouble which way it was going to go with it, as far as on the scorecards, he he'd be you'd be inclined to to be kind of move over towards Holloway because he always would finish good, and and it's so smart. I mean, some people think that's how Sugar Ray Leonard beat the great Marvin Hagler by finishing rounds, stealing rounds a little bit. I'm not saying Holloway stole rounds. He won rounds. But in close rounds, when you finish better, you're doing yourself a real good service, putting that in the eyes of the judges. You're helping yourself. Anyway, that's experience. And that's, that's having a, a, good, um, a good noodle upstairs if you will, you know, the cerebral part of it, being smart enough to do that. I thought that Holloway did that, where he closed out pretty well. Um and like I said, uh I, I gave the third round to Holloway. Uh, I, I thought it was a terrific round for him. And what I what it what it got what it it, it got me to send a tweet. Because the way the fight was going, the way he was fighting it. Um, where I said, and this is the one that got got on TV. But where I said, I, I forget what round it was. I think it was that round. But I sent out the tweet that said, Holloway was like a maestro conducting an orchestra, controlling the rhythm of the fight. And for me, that's what it was. That's exactly what he was doing. He was controlling... The rhythm of the rounds, the rhythm of the fight. So I thought he continued doing that like a maestro, controlling, you know, running the orchestra in the third round. So I I had it I had it for him, uh, I had it three nothing for Holloway. Or like I said before, I could easily handle two to one. So it's either two to one or three nothing in my mind. The fourth round was, again, close. Another close round. There were a few close rounds, like I said. I didn't think the first or the third was really close. Holloway, I thought, clearly took those rounds. Um, Fourth round, close round. And then a great last round. You want to close the show well? You know, that's what you want? They did. Uh, Allen closed the distance more landing more you know landing shots it looked like it was his round f- to me but then again and i'm gonna give him the round I'm, I'm, I'm giving the the fifth round to Allen, but again as i said just a minute ago holloway finished the round strong he i i think he might have finished the last 10 seconds that's all that was about it um but he finished it strong um for me, maybe I, I thought it was Holloway's fight. Period, but there was close rounds. Maybe it came down while I was waiting for the the you know official decision. I was thinking, Ken, maybe it comes down to who won the fourth round. But again, just looking at it on the whole, and that's how I look at fights. I just thought Holloway, you know, won it. Uh, I give great credit to Allen, he fought a hell of a fight. Both men showed great class afterwards. Uh, you know, obviously, I love Holloway. We love him. Uh, tough as they come, classy as they come. You know, and uh, I tweeted in the end in the fifth round. I said that Alan was like those old superintendents of a building with the big key ring, where he was looking for the right key to open the door to get in and he finally got the right key you know what I mean it was a it might have been a little too late but he finally found the right key to get in the door a little bit in the fifth round on Holloway um but of course Holloway responded right to him when he got in that door but I I did think he took the fifth round Holloway won the fight great fight glad Holloway got the win He he deserves to get another shot at another title. You just went over his resume of all the title action that he's been involved his whole career. Uh, he's earned for me and I'm sure for, for Dana and everybody who makes those decisions over there, he's earned another shot at another title.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. He's, uh, (laughs) at least you always know what you're going to get with Max Holloway. Um, that's it for the UFC. But before we go, I want to talk to you quickly about an upcoming, one of the biggest fights of the year, for sure. And next week, we've got um, Tank Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia. And for anyone listening, we recorded a fight plan that'll go up, I believe, Wednesday of this week, either Wednesday or Thursday Uh, Teddy and I got in the ring down at the Trinity Boxing Club in Lower Manhattan and and, um, did a whole preview what to look for from each guy, what each guy needs to do to win the fight. And uh, so, Teddy, tell me what you're expecting there. And for the people at... uh, MyBookie, and if you're inclined to make a wager, please go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code ATLAS for a 50% credit on your first deposit up to $1,000. Deposit two grand, they'll give you an extra thousand to play with. MyBookie.ag, use the promo code ATLAS. Teddy, I want to go over uh, what to look for from each fighter, and then we'll get to the line. But the line, just so we have it here for the people at my bookie, the line on this fight currently is Javante Davis is minus 270, Ryan Garcia plus 188, and the over-under seven and a half rounds, minus 120 for the under, minus 114 for the over seven and a half. So pretty much even money on the over-under, seven and a half rounds. We'll get to the picks at the end. But Teddy, what are you looking for in this fight?
1: i'm I'm just curious ken with uh, has there been any movement in that line like when it first came out you know
0: i thought it was a little wider for um for garcia rob's doing some research right now in the background actually he might have had to jump while you give the analysis i'm going to try and look and see what the movement has been on the line no
1: no no problem listen i've given the analysis in a before probably a month or two before this but i'll break it down quickly again um and as you said, the fight plan will be up Wednesday. It's a good fight plan. I think it's a comprehensive fight plan. I think it lays it all out there. Uh, quite frankly, if you're inclined to have a few extra, uh, you know, shillings, as the my great people over across the pond, my great brothers and sisters would say, if you have a few extra hanging out in your pocket, that's not going to take away from you. Uh, in any kind of serious way, uh watching a fight plan might give you a better idea of which direction to go in and and if not, you don't have to gamble to enjoy any sports, obviously, uh you enjoy it for the sake of watching competition. If you just want it to be more interesting to maybe have something to look for to zero in on what uh certain guys' uh habits are, you know. Uh, certain guys, you know, what they're inclined to do in certain situations. Watch the fight plan. you get a, uh, you definitely get a better idea of that. Matter of fact, I, I think sometimes after we do them, I think to myself, if some of these trainers would watch them, they might get an idea. And look, they both got good trainers. Hopefully, well, they both got good trainers. Hopefully, the underdog's trainer, uh, Goosen, is aware of all the things that he would have to be aware of with this guy named Davis, who's very dangerous, you can't make a mistake with. And listen, uh, the other side, uh, Davis's people better have their guy aware, not just of the kind of left hook, but of a lot of other things that uh, that Mr. Garcia can do.
0: it looks like it looks like the um the line on davis hasn't really moved he's been at minus 270 sorry yeah minus 270 ryan garcia at one point was as much as a plus 205 he's now a plus 188 so maybe a little bit of money coming in on ryan garcia but tank as the favorite hasn't moved much at all
1: listen he belongs to favorite he's fought the better car here's my breakdown davis belongs to favorite he he's Been in with the better competition. He's more experienced, a little older, more mature in those kind of ways in a ring, right? Ring maturity. Been in, as I said, with the better caliber. Been on this stage more, you know, on the real big stage more. If the negative for me, if there's a negative uh, on the side of Garcia, maybe it's one or two fights too early. Maybe. I'm not saying it is. They know better than I do. They're the ones around the fight. And this trainer is supposed to know better. And I'm sure he does. But if there was maybe a little more seasoning, sort of like, you know, before you put the steak on the grill, a little more seasoning and it would have been perfect. How many times you've been in that situation, right? You've been there where you have a barbecue and and, they say, and you ask your wife because you know she's going to be honest with you, brutally honest. And sometimes you wish she wouldn't be. But she <laughs> is. And, and how was it, hon? I could have used a little more Uh, seasoning. I should have waited a little longer before I put it on the grill. So maybe if there was something I was nervous about on that side, should he have had one or two more fights, he being the younger Gussie who's only 24 years old, should he have had a little more seasoning to handle this moment? We're going to find out. But here's the keys. There's so many intangibles, so many X factors that I don't think anyone else is going to point out. One of them, the obvious is the obvious. One guy's got to fight long, one guy's got to fight short. One guy's got to control the outside, one guy wants to control the inside. Geometry, you know, uh, 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 geography. The geography of the ring, again, is so important. So important. Can Davis get close one way or the other? By enticing uh the younger Garcia to give up some of his reach and height advantage or by just doing it the old fashioned way and going and get him. You know, bring work your way in. And can Garcia control the geography he needs only outside and make Tank Davis the shorter man pay for every inch of real estate that he tries to gain? Can though that's I think you don't need to hear from teddy atlas to probably understand that now maybe i can break down how you do it a little better but that's that is really the basic fight the idea of how the fight should pan out on both sides that you want on either camp that you're in uh, you want an inside or you want an outside fight but here's the other things 75 percent of this game is mental people keep forgetting that it comes down to that confidence being calm in an uncommon environment, being able to overcome BIM, to find a way when things go bad, being able to find belief in yourself and have belief in yourself when nobody else does in a very dire situation, being able to go into a dark room and find light, being able to find, open up the door to a room that you never knew that you had in your house, kind of like Adesanya, the great Adesanya did uh, against Pereira, I believe he opened up a new room in his mansion of his house, his house, his mind, his body. And where he hadn't explored that room before. I think Garcia is going to have to do some of that. Can, and, and I think a trainer has to help him do that. There, there has to be that component, that mental component to it, understanding. A trainer has to be able to do more than just help you physically and technically. They have to help you in those realms a little bit. A little bit. Unless you're a guy that, you know, unless you're Sugar Ray Lennon. You had 300 amateur fights, win the gold medal, beating the greatest fighters in the world, the Cuban. Uh, maybe it's a little different. Maybe it's a little different. But even there, you have to get it somewhere. You have to get it somehow. That help. Those areas. So, one interesting point towards that. Garcia asked for this fight. Davis didn't ask for it. Garcia, the underdog, the younger guy, the guy who might need more fights, ask for it right away. That, that could be a good thing. He believes. He believes he's going to beat this guy. He, he, it could also be the other thing. Be careful you don't get what you asked for. I get it. I'm going to lay it all out. But staying with the first part, he believes he can win it. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. But is he doing it for the right reasons? Is he being... Is he being pushed in his mind to ask for the fight purely because he can? He believes that he will win, which I'm sure that's part of it. It has to be, better be. But is part of it, and nobody's going to touch on this, but is, is part of it brought about by the echoes he hears, the noise he hears outside. Oh, he's not tough enough. He's a pretty boy. He's not a fighter. He got dropped by Campbell. He's afraid. He's this. He's a all that stupid stuff the noise but people hear that noise they hear it they're, they're not in a soundproof environment they hear it don't think they don't especially a kid like Ryan Garcia who's on social media he's got 9 million followers he hears it he's more inclined to hear it than most people and and that's part of the noise. Oh, he's a social media darling. He's a pretty boy. He's this. He's that. Yeah, they said the same thing about his his promoter, who I know has problems. But as a fighter, he was damn good. Oscar De La Hoya. They said the same thing about De La Hoya. Oh, he's a pretty boy. He's a you know he's a teeny bopper. He, the teeny boppers like him. He's a you know all that stuff. And they did. They, he's good looking. Right? All that stuff was true. Just like Ryan Garcia, girls like him, but. De La Hoya was a fighter. And when his moment, and he wanted the best fights. He asked for the best fights. He got them earlier than most of these guys do, where, they, where they, they're not asking for them as early as, as De La Hoya was getting them. And he, he, he should get them. I always believed these guys that win gold medals in the Olympics, that have all those fights, uh, they should fight better fighters sooner. They're not helping themselves by, by all this cat and fodder, by all this raw meat that's being fed, like, like you're feeding somebody uh, a lion in a zoo. At some point, it doesn't help him anymore. But is Garcia doing it purely because of, I believe, this is my destiny, this is my fate, which maybe he is. I believe in those things. Is he being drawn by that? that I, I want to prove this, I, I'm i going to show everybody, or as part of it, as I said, where he's being pushed a little bit by the noise, by trying to prove, oh, I'm going to prove that I'm a tough guy, I'm going to prove I'm this, I'm going to. you don't have to prove nothing, you already proved it, you're a fighter, you're tougher than 90% of the people in the world will ever be, I know that Ryan, I know that, so, is it, which one is it for? That's the X fact. That's a, because if it's for the latter, it could be a problem. If it's for just to just to quell those voices, silent those voices, prove a point that I am tough, that, that could be for the wrong reason. Could be. It could. He better not go in there like Sugar Ray Leonard. He, everyone knows he's one of my favorite fighters. Sugar Ray Leonard, he can fight any era, and not too many fighters could. But... Because he was not only great as far as skill set and technique and everything else, but he was a junkyard dog, he was a nasty <laughs> son of a gun in that ring, like marvin hagler and and uh, he he was going to get you. you were only going to get him. he was going to find the way he he when he was at his prime, just like he did with the Cuban in the golden medal match, that Cuban was a killer in the olympics and and he went out there and he destroyed him. He was a special guy, but he made a mistake in the first fight. He, with Duran, when he fought, and he wanted that fight, and he was right, but a part of him also wanted to prove that he wasn't just a guy that got a 7-Up commercial that had a pretty smile, you know, that, that, had a, that was a pretty boy, you know, was a darling. He Leonard wanted to show that he was also a fighter, that he was more than that, and he was. We already knew. We should have known that, but he heard the noise that, oh, you know, he ain't Duran, he ain't. Duran's a monster, Duran's a pit bull, Duran's a uh, nasty guy coming out of the streets of Panama, you know, and he was. And Leonard, oh, Leonard's just faster, and he's this, and he's a golden boy, and he's the spoiled brat, and he got money coming out right away. He was making money. You know, yeah, all those things. He earned the right to do that from what he did in the amateurs, all the years that he toiled to get there, just like Ryan, to get to where he's gotten to. But then it influenced him to fight the wrong fight. He fought the Rand's fight. It was a great fight. It was a great fight, and it turned out okay. He lost a fight, but he got more fans from that loss than he ever had before because they now respect him in ways of more than just being a fast fighter, a polished fighter, a talented fighter. Now they believed he was a fighter. Now he was one of theirs. Now, now he, he, he earned the right for them to, to kind of cheer for him, to say, yeah, you're more than just a pretty boy. Yeah, yeah. You won, you won those fans over with the way you fought Duran. But you lost the fight because you fought in the wrong geography. You fought in the wrong quarters, in the wrong space. You fought Duran's fight. Now, of course, the second time, he changed that. And Duran had changed because Duran got something he never had before. He got all the money in the world of this poor kid from Panama that never had. And he was satisfied. He was, he was fat. A little bit that was part of it that was all part but I'm not gonna spend more time on that. we we'll break that down some other day if people ever wanted that one of the old fights of what happened in that no Mars fight but that's where the x-factor one of the x-factors here Ryan better not get caught up in that because the difference between Sugar Ray Leonard and him and Sugar Ray Leonard and Duran and Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis Tank Davis one shot, one mistake because you're fighting the wrong kind of fight, and it you might not get another chance at it. Yeah. That that's that that's that's a problem. So he's gotta he's gotta be mentally right. He's got to go in there. And look, Davis could have distractions, too, with all the personal stuff that goes on in his life, all that stuff. I mean, God Almighty, he's got enough distractions that could be going on, going to court. He's got a court case hanging over his head. All of that stuff, that that could be there, too. But some people, some people, and I'm not comparing the two, but I remember Mayweather, another guy who I love, when he used to have chaos going in his life, People would say, hey, Teddy, do you think that's going you know, to that, distract him in this fight? That's going to hurt him in this fight? Never did. Never did. Because he was one of those guys that, that could kind of live in chaos, perform in chaos. That, that it, it, didn't, it didn't bother him. It didn't bother him the way it would bother someone else. So maybe Davis is one of those guys. His chaos is part of his life. It's been part of his life. It, it, it doesn't in any way distract him or, or take away from him. Uh, In his performance of preparation. But at the end of the day, those all X-Factors floating over this fight. It will come down to, as always, who can put their hands on the other guy more. But a little different here. Because Davis don't have to do it more. He only has to do it maybe once or twice. Clean. And... I think the danger point for Garcia. I'm not going to go too deep because you're going to get that in the fight plan. You go see the fight plan Wednesday when it comes out. You're going to get all that. But part of the danger point is Garcia better not step out from too close because Tank could catch you coming. He could catch you going. He could. Yeah, we know he could catch you inside, but he could catch you going out. So he better be careful, and he better be careful, of course, from not throwing his jab from too close where he could get timed because Tank knows how to counter punch. Tank knows how to counter punch. And he's a southpaw. And and he, he gives problems from that side. You know, that that side of the that side of the, the coin, if you will, uh too. So Garcia better be on his Ps and Q's, fight a consistent fight, a disciplined fight. He's he's gonna wanna use his jab, but he's gonna wanna use it at the right range where he doesn't open up a door to any kind of counter activity. He's to wanna control the space of the ring. Ca- control the outside space of the ring, and I think he's going to want to do something he hasn't been inclined to do a lot that I would have worked on. Give a little bit of angles, little subtle angles instead of just in and out because Tank's pretty good. Tank's a smart guy. He's got a good boxing IQ in that ring where if you're just going in and out, here, here, pick up on that. Well, you better give him little angles once in a while. Little angles once in a while. But that's something that has to be done in the in the gym and trained to do. Something you can't just say in the corner if you haven't trained and taught that. So that's for Garcia. He's got to own the outside. I, everyone's looking for Garcia's left hook um, because he's got a great left hook, great kind of left hook. And look, don't forget, we're all talking about how Tank is such an explosive puncher. He could hurt. Garcia. Garcia's an explosive puncher, too, with that left hook. He could hurt him. But it might be the right hand against the southpaw that really has, really has a lot of responsibility in this fight, uh, in, this, in this particular fight against Davis. Not just the left hook. Of course, the jab. That will help control that distance. You know, help keep, obviously, Davis busy. For Davis, he's either got to get close or get the other guy to come. I said it already. Get him to come close to him. You know, uh, set traps. He's good at setting traps. He did that with that guy, Raleigh. He set a trap. He got Raleigh to come in. bang. He, dro- he dropped the trap on him. You know, uh, you got to be aware of that. That's where faints will come in for Garcia. Hopefully he's worked on that, where you give a faint to kind of see if there's a trap there before you just go. Give a little faint. That'll make the trap show itself so you don't walk into it. Uh, th- again, those are all sweet science things that have to be gone over in the gym, have to be taught, have to be. And I'm sure with these these guys got good trainers. I'm sure those stuffs, those things have been done, uh, because it only takes one mistake. Well, given the line, Teddy,
0: do you, what do you think based on the line a minus two seventy or a plus one? Call it one ninety. Well,
1: first of all, I want to finish one thing. I think Davis. People think you know the big left hand, the power. He better use his jab. We all think of jab, jab, jab with Garcia to win. You better think that same thing with Davis. He needs his jab to so he doesn't get dominated by the jab of the longer, taller guy. So he needs his jab. He will need that jab. That would be very important. The jab would be important on both. And one other X factor that I want to touch, and then I'll go to your stuff. Weight. Size. Instead of catch weight, 136, not 135, to title weight. But... I don't know if it hurts Garcia because he's gotten so big in the last two two years. He has grown. I know he's still filling out. He's a younger guy. He's got a bigger skeleton. He's got a bigger frame than Davis, so it makes sense. But he's gotten so big. I don't know if he's on a weight program. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But he's gotten so big and, and looks strong that... I hope that's not the only reason he's taking a fight, that he just feels he's stronger than Davis. Because Davis is pretty strong in a different way, in Mm -hmm. his own way. But I I really mean that. Uh, And again, I don't think anyone would even touch on that uh, as an incidental, Uh, and more than an incidental, as maybe something that could be a real factor. But the size of Garcia, that could be an advantage, his strength, his size, definitely. But it could be a disadvantage, too. Because if he has trouble making that weight and, and he has to compromise himself making that weight, not only does he have to make the weight, but the next morning they have to weigh in again and they have a rehydration clause in there that Tank Davis very smartly, has people put in there where he can't be more than 10 pounds over 136. So he's got to come in no more than 146 the next morning. So he might not be able to if he's killing himself to make one thirty if if he's doing he's a big guy. So I would say there's a chance it's gonna be hard to make one thirty six. And he's talked about that before. So if he's really having trouble making one thirty six and then he wants to rehydrate the night before, which is when you have to do it and get all your nutriment back, right, Ken? You know yep. that about with the race, where you gotta carb up when before Big twenty-six mile marathon race with the best in the world. Well, he's going to be looking to do the same thing. If you're restricting his ability to do that by putting a ten-pound rehydration clause on the next day, you could have a problem. For where, sure. You know, you could have a problem there. So the weight, the weight here could be another X factor. Um, go ahead. That I, I laid it all out.
0: Yep, so I wanted to ask you with the line, given the situation with the line, minus 280 on Davis, plus 190 on Ryan. What do you think?
1: I like Ryan. Look, I, I, I don't hide what I say. I don't know Davis the way I know Ryan. Ryan's been on the show a few times. He's called me a few times. To, I like him. I just like him as a person. I, I think he's still growing. I think he's still finding himself, to be honest. I think he cares about the right things. Um Again, I'm not knocking David. I just don't know him as well. But uh, I see some of the things out there that I, I, I'm not in love with. But again, I'm not saying I know behind the curtain more. I, I'm not saying that. But it's about in the ring. Ability for one guy to put his hands on the other guy in the ring and to get to the other guy in a boxing match. That's what it's about. And um, I'm look, I'm rooting for Garcia. Uh, again, some people say, oh, Teddy, that's not fair. I'm being honest. But it's not in any way fogging up my thoughts or, or in any way uh, taking away from my analysis of what I just laid out there. That's cold. That's cold. That's never emotional. You know, like like the, what's his name? Hyman said and the Godfather. I always, you know, go to that. Uh, it's not personal, it's business. Breaking fights down for me is always business. Calling a fight afterwards and, and giving what happened, always business. It's never touched on by any personal feel ever. And if any, anyone thinks, they point a finger to one time that I let my personal beliefs get in the way of what I believed about a fight, once, in yeah. my... 26 years at ESPN. I had plenty of guys in that corner that I didn't like a lot that were in the <laughs> corner of the other five. I never, ever, ever let that play into it. Ever. So, I, I and I'm not about, I'm I'm not about to start now. So, uh, but I am, but but I am rooting for Garcia. But at the end of the day, I, I would make myself, Teddy Atlas would make Davis for all the reasons I just said, the favorite. Where, where, he would be the favorite um i i would i would probably take wh- what is i 'm not laying that on, over
0: much. over under seven and a half
1: even though I know why he's the favorite i'm not laying that that i say nothing personal, nothing that's professional i'm not laying that much because of course he is right that he took this fight for the right reasons, that he sees something and he believes there's no way I'm leaving that ring without winning. No way I'm leaving that ring without winning. If he really is really, truly committed to that frame of thinking, then I, no way I'm laying that kind of wood that he can't get it done. So I'm not doing that. Um, the under-over.
0: Seven and, and a half seven rounds and a half, base. Basically, even money. Slight favorite towards the um, under, I believe. One second. Yeah, the under yeah, the under is minus 120, over 7.5, minus 115. Roughly even money. Seven yeah, and even ounce. money.
1: All right, basically the same. I'd probably put something on the under because I just think on both sides that something in this fight, you know, a, a mistake could be made early. Hey, a mistake could be made late. I I understand that. But being Ryan's, you know, a little bit, obviously, maybe a lot less seasoned in certain areas, there could be a possibility on either side of a mistake, especially on his side, being made early. So maybe something on the, on the, maybe something, nothing big, nothing, nothing huge. Um, this is a fight that I just would rather watch, you know, than, um, you know than necessarily uh, have any kind of big wager on it. Not that you should ever have a big wager. Only what you can handle. Only what you can afford. That doesn't take away from you or your family. But I might be inclined to throw a peanut. Is that what they say? Bill Krakenberger, one of the great handicappers out there, a friend of mine. Uh, that's the term he uses uh, You know, in his world. All right, I'd throw a peanut maybe on Ryan and that you could get back, what, 180, 185? What is it that you could get back?
0: You can get back plus 190 roughly.
1: Oh, all right. Maybe I throw a peanut. I'm not going crazy because I think I laid it all out there for everybody. Yeah, Why no, I, I agree. I wouldn't go crazy.
0: Yep, super thorough. For the people who are inclined to bet, please go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ALICE.
1: And I don't know why Ryan didn't come on. Ryan had called, uh, hit me up, said, Teddy, I want to come on your show before the fight. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's my fault. We waited too long. I don't know. But he got into camp. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to distract somebody in camp Um you know, Triple G was good enough to come on, even though he was in camp for the Canelo fight, he came on all air and look, I like Ryan. I I said it already, I like him a lot. Uh for whatever reason, he he hasn't gotten back to Rob to or at least uh, at least as far as making a, a commitment to being able to come on. It's it's pretty close now, so who knows? Probably won't happen. Yeah, maybe we'll get him. Maybe we'll get him after the fight. Yep. But um, it's a fight that boxing needs
0: for sure. I mean, we haven't a we haven't even had a fight worthy of a fight plan in I don't know how many months. No, it's so, so
1: true. It's a fight that boxing needs. Forget about the fighters need. Boxing needed something with all the disappointments out there. You know, with with the with the, um, uh, Crawford and. Uh, what he called fight, Spence. Uh, n- Spence not materializing when we thought it was going to materialize uh, with Dad and with a few others out there, uh, you know, with with all with all that. And now with Tyson Fury and Usyk, everyone wants to see one one heavyweight champ, not two guys. And, and there's a whole bunch of them that haven't happened because of promoters and all that stuff. The promoter wants to control the whole things, greed, whatever. Uh, Uh, you know promoter won't let his guy fight the other guy because they won't cross the street because they want to control the whole bundle and then they wait until it's too late like they did with the Pacquiao Mayweather fight they waited they waited they waited it was five years too late finally gets made everyone the fans were like People that were in the Sahara Desert for for, for, you know, thir- for a week. where Their tongue was hanging out. They were thirsty <laughs> to death. Yeah, and, they, and, and, and then they saw this oasis. They said, oh, oh, we got to get to that oasis. We're going to go. And they came and they broke the record for the money spent and the pay-per-view and every way made millions and millions of dollars because people, and what did they wind up with the fans? Sand in their mouth. <laughs> they, they, there was no oasis there was no waterhole. there was sand because the fight was five freaking years too late yeah I said it yeah that's what you get over here you're gonna get <laughs> the freaking the truth you're not gonna get sand but anyway um at the end of the day uh this fight is happening with both guys who are in their prime the fights that people other fights people want who God knows when those fights, if they will ever happen, but the people will come out for this one because it it is it, it's it's giving them something. It's giving them something that you know they've been asking for.
0: Yeah, for sure. And those are not uh no, not easy tickets to get to this uh, Ryan Garcia Tank Davis fight. So we'll be looking forward to seeing that one. We'll be back next week with all the breakdowns. Teddy, uh, you got anything before we say goodbye? Uh
1: oh no just goodbye <laughs> hey say no that hey thank you guys for being there please subscribe you know i'm i'm not gonna keep doing this stuff if you don't continue to subscribe and either can so yep. uh keep subscribing please we appreciate you we appreciate all of you um you know and uh thank you
0: thank you guys guys Please look for the fight plan on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, we give a full breakdown of the fight, what to look for from each guy. Teddy demonstrates everything. And then uh, we'll be back, obviously, next Monday to break down all the action. So with that, everyone, have a great week. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate all the support. Peace.